in this episode, we're going to be talking about email marketing. I'm with Rich today and we're going to be talking about email marketing. Um, so Rich, um, well this has been around for years, hasn't it? Is it still relevant? Uh, it's been around uh, a long time. Uh, spam has been a thing for a very long time. Uh, email marketing, it's its evolved. It's changed quite a lot. Uh, back in the day, I remember most of our clients used to buy data and then bombard that data and warm it up, warm the data up until certain people clicked unsubscribe and other people who didn't click unsubscribe pretty much got a phone call, especially in the IT sales side of things. That's how it used to work. People who clicked the email got a phone call and then hopefully off the back of that, a conversation and a sale. Uh, It's somewhat different. Since the volume's increased, uh, everybody shifted to email marketing rather than sending campaigns through the door, through the post, for example. We used to, in fact, so marketing, that's how we started. 90% of the work we did was uh, email marketing and, and web for IT businesses all them years ago. And we used to do a lot of it. The majority of it is still the same when it comes to the actual email itself. So still relatively simple HTML email campaigns that we create. Uh, the creative behind it's a little bit more clever. There's more uh, uh, there's more thought put into some of the email campaigns now to get noticed amongst all the ambient noise out there. Uh, and the design of it as well. We put a lot of effort into the design of these, but they're not really e-shots like we used to do. There's a lot. They're a lot more granular and a lot more targeted, normally targeted from e-commerce customers, split down into different segments, or intelligent email marketing, so in the form of remarketing, abandoned carts, for example, sending out e-shots when people abandon your shopping carts. Um, there's, there's, there's all sorts of variables involved now to email marketing. Uh, the technology is pretty much the same. We can do a little bit more nowadays before you couldn't put backgrounds in there. You couldn't do all sorts of stuff, especially animations. And, and we put we put quite a bit into our e-shots lately. Uh, and we do get some absolutely fantastic results, especially from e-commerce point of view. Uh, I think email marketing should be done in a newsletter form from almost all businesses just to keep your, your existing clients informed. Not necessarily new data. New data, we have varying success with that. Uh, but from an, an existing e-commerce customer, for example, especially, or just having a, an existing customer database, for you to communicate to them in newsletter form every month great, just to keep them informed. And then from a sales point of view, uh, people who bought X, for example, are you interested in Y? That's the kind of setup that we do for a lot of email customers. I think the, uh, the big change for email marketing came in about 2018, when uh, the new GDPR rules came in. Um, so we found that an awful lot of customers <coughs> where they'd bought data previously, um, let's say, didn't entirely know the source of that data. Um, and because the new G- GDPR rules sort of stated that people needed to have opt-in um, or implied consent status um, for getting emails or any communication from that business, they kind of took the opportunity to delete the database and start again, which was actually quite a good thing, really, because it, it meant that they, all the bad data was just gone. Uh, and then they sort of could look at an approach where they build up a good opt-in database of people who genuinely wanted to receive data from them. I think in the olden days, you know, let's say late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, um, it was just a numbers game. Try and get as much data as you can, throw as much of it out as possible and hope some of it sticks. I think now it's much more of a targeted thing where you know a database of 500 people that genuinely want to hear from you is much better than a database of 5 million people 
that with only you know a hundred of them that might even be good prospects. So it's all about quality right now rather than quantity. Um, and so like Rich was saying as well, there's quite a lot of new things you can do with email marketing that aren't just traditional e-shots. So, for example, we're working with a client at the moment where we're doing a, a product retargeting email, which looks at what they've been looking at on uh, the e-commerce website and then sends them um, targeted product emails based on what they were looking at and didn't buy. So we can be a lot cleverer now about the, the kind of things we use the email marketing technology for that isn't just a straightforward sales message. Yeah, you send out an e-shot, hope somebody thinks that yeah, clicks on a link, which then generates um, a lead, which can be phoned by a sales team that that, that kind of model is really gone now um, and it, it's all become slightly more targeted and more uh, and cleverer I think a lot of that comes down to um, obviously back in the day when you guys had just started so up um, there were limited ways really to reach out to people and um, you kind of had to use email as um, one of those like bulk builders and a really big way to like get out in front of people whereas now there's so many ways that you can get out in front of people you've got online forums you've got social media you've got um, email marketing as well and I think with all of this you need to be a lot more clever about your digital strategy and what place it actually has so using that email marketing as um, for example like a, a prompt to help people check out or um, as you're a b2b business um, or lead generation predominantly um, keeping those relationships going and giving people um, relevant updates or um, engaging content in there as well um, I'd say that's probably a big thing um, but one thing that I really don't like is when I get email market marketing kind of material from companies and I'm just like, well, what was the point of that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sorry. I think we, we get, a, we everyone still gets a lot of that. Um, you know, everyone gets emails you, and you wonder why are you on their mailing list? Why did they even send it? Some of it even doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why did they go to the trouble of even doing it? I'm not entirely sure some of the companies really know they went to the trouble of doing it. There's probably some element of automation or someone just, came up with a random idea that was new to the business that just said let's email everyone we've ever spoken to before but yeah th these companies typically put themselves at risk of big data fines um so, so we've had to be really really conscious of this kind of um, thing with our own clients where we're always trying to say to them please consider the legalities of what you're doing you know do these people want to hear from you um have you actually got the right to email them um because you know even if have got the right to email them do they still want to hear from you yeah you're just sending the mail for no valid reason um so i think yeah it's got to be fit into the strategy in terms of a, a customer engagement piece in terms of it's got some real sort of logistical reason why it's happening uh, rather than just for the sake of it i think some of them um, so just going through some of my favorite ones um because um I love online shopping, so um, I get quite a few. Um, Neom Organics, they always um, they always send the best, I think. Um, they always have like a clear reason for selling it, um, even though, um, so for example, they sell, um, they sell like natural organic oils that um, help you with like different things, so like better night's sleep, more energy, that sort of thing. And um, they create an almost story behind their emails and um, they have like engaging content to go with it. They showcase the products and the kind of natural setting that it would be in. And just creating this this piece that actually kind of like speaks to you and shows you what the product can do. I think those ones are the best where it actually kind of like seeks to solve a problem that it is that you're facing. I personally... Uh think that it depends on the subject it depends on the product you like i'm the opposite to you really the storytelling emails don't really jump out i like online shopping too 
well, I'm a bit of a cheeky one, so I'll I'll use the remarketing side of things to my advantage. Add something to the cart, make sure I'm logged in or I have an account, wait for the next email to come through with a, a coupon code or there's always a reason to get me back to the website and I know 90% of the big e-commerce players out there will offer at some point a discount code. So I, I look at things in a different way. I use email marketing for my uh, for a financial advantage, really, more so than anything, rather than the storytelling behind it. Obviously, I like uh, I like products and, and, and if I'm interested in a particular thing like mountain biking, for example, I get e-shots from all the different mountain bike suppliers and all the different brands. And I do tend to look at the different things on that e-shot from the data side of things. But again, it's primarily, there's a product, it looks good. I will click through to read more about that product rather than the storytelling side of the, of the newsletter. I think everything's a little bit different. Everybody's different how they digest the email. What about you, James? I, to be honest, I've been uh, trying to unsubscribe from as many emails as I can over the last couple <laughs> of years uh, because obviously if anyone knows me, knows how many emails I get and deal with a day uh, and having more email marketing in the middle of that is uh, really not helpful. Um, but yeah, a bit like you really, I tend to use it in a transactional way um, where you know, th- there's a, a, a time to offer that's got relevance at that moment. Um, I tend not to read ones that go into lengthy detail about why they're sending it or sort of, like you say, the storytelling aspect of it. But again, everyone's different. You know, you probably find some people uh, you know, do things differently. You know, I, I write a couple of email newsletters for various organizations uh, with a combination of you know, sort of event info and you know, sort of news. Whether it gets read or not, you don't know. But yeah, certain things you can't be transactional with and certain things you can. Again, it's just everyone's just very different. But I think the key really is to look at the engagement that um, people are getting. You know, are, are, you know, are you getting a decent open rate, which suggests that if you are getting good open rate, your data's um, pretty clean um, and the people that are opening it are genuinely interested. And then how many people are unsubscribing? Because if you're getting very low numbers of unsubscribes um, on a decent sized database, and you're still mailing it quite regularly, then you can be pretty confident that those people want to stay on the list. Um, so they are valuing what you're sending out. If you're getting high amounts of unsubscribes, then it's not going to um, look good, really, because it suggests that people just don't want to hear from you. Um, but in, in another way, that's also good, because you actually don't want to be mailing people that don't want to hear from you. So, so yeah, in, in some ways, big numbers of unsubscribes uh, on an email campaign can, can be a really good thing because it helps you cleanse your data down. And we've got a few clients where over the last 10 years, they've really worked hard to build a very clean database uh, in their own industry where they've got tens of thousands now of contacts who have been cleansed and cleansed and cleansed. And it's now probably one of the best databases in their industry of people that are interested in what they in what they offer. Um, but it's taken a lot of work and a lot of accepting that, you know, you, you can you can afford to lose the people that don't want to hear from you on these campaigns. Um, but, yeah, it's really key to get good data in these sort of things and make sure that you know what you're sending to that data is relevant to them. So one question I've got then is um, how to avoid the junk folder. <sighs> Well, if you knew that, then we, we, yeah, we wouldn't be here, to be honest. Uh, there's no way to avoid the junk folder, to be honest. Um, yeah, the best way is to essentially not be reported as a spammer. Um, yeah. Yeah, most email marketing um, now runs through probably one of about five different companies, people like MailChimp, who everyone would have heard of. Um, they've, you can report mails to them as spam. They report them further up the chain. The more, um, if you send things out that gets reported as spam, it'll get around um, and then it'll just sort of harm your email reputation going forwards. 
there's a few domain level things you can do to set it up, which sort of alleviates some of the problems. But fundamentally, yeah, if you're going to go into spam, you're going to go into spam. Um, whoever says they can promise you promise that you send an email campaign, it won't go to spam, uh, is lying. I'm afraid. Um, otherwise, you know, all these genuine spammers out there that try and scam people uh, would never go into that junk folder if if, they, if there was a, a surefire way to stop that happening. Because you know they're clever enough to work out how to do it themselves. And I think I'm kind of glad that you mentioned MailChimp as well, because I think that is probably one of the most popular ones that you can use. And um, the amount of data that you can get from that as well is really good. So you can really drill down into like the links that people click on, how many people clicked on it. Um, and just being able to use that then to go back to your Google Analytics and see kind of the success of your mail your mail campaigns and the products that you're able to then sell from that. Um, I think it's a really good way of kind of looking at the looking at the kind of integrity of your data as well and making sure that that's, um, that's standing out. So. Yeah, I mean, MailChimp's a good tool, to be fair. Um, I say there are other ones as well. They, they all do broadly the same thing. Um, MailChimp's particularly good because it has good integration with a lot of the websites that we build, so you can actually hook in the e-commerce element to it and send the e-commerce transactional emails through the MailChimp service itself, uh, which could then uh, improve your domain reputation to try, try and improve the, the deliverability. Uh, of mails so there's, there's lots of integration work you can do with email marketing platforms uh, nowadays which make it more complicated than it used to be um but also yeah the data you can get out like you said uh, is great you know you can look at a contact and you can see which emails of yours they read which ones they clicked on you know and, and you can get a really good feel then for what they're doing with the with the campaign that you've sent them definitely so um yeah that's um that's a really interesting one actually i've enjoyed this one and i've learned a lot as well myself so um thanks for that um if you have any questions about email marketing please get in touch with us at hello at so marketing.com <laughs>